showtime. If you're a coach and you're not managing your energy, you're not reaching your fullest potential. And today's guest, I got my homie here, Coach Nick Nash, aka Nash City. That's what I call him when he's when I when he's telling me to do mobility. He has a dark version. I, it's his his anime version, Nasharu. That's his. <laughs> and then That's and then there's another version where you tell me to do mobility and then I don't do mobility and then you catch me. So it's Nash catch him. <laughs> Those are both. Uh, Those I've been fire. working on it. Okay. All right, so guys, this segment is not going to be like an interview, even though I'm, I'll probably be asking Nick a bunch of interviews. This really next piece is sharing best coaching practices. And we want to share that with you guys because I think Nick has one of the most amazing presence when it comes to coaching. And I might be a little bit biased, but I think he's one of the best coaches that we have here in Las Vegas. So if you don't have an opportunity to take one of his classes, he's on the Henderson side, it completely changes the game. But I wanna, wanna, I wanna try to capture today is energy and not only how to cultivate it, how to share it, or I've been saying like, what is it, De- decimate? Yeah. Disseminate. Disseminate. Yeah. <laughs> Disseminate energy, but also how to protect energy. 100%. Okay. So I want to really uncover what that's really going to be about. So hopefully if there's a coach listening to this, they can be able to do it. And one thing that you guys need to know, I feel like I need to do to say this right now is we've been in the coaching game for almost nearly two decades, mm-hmm. right? So we've been, and you've been with me for she five, five, six, seven years. So guys, we're not just speaking just like theory here. We're talking application. And I've, if I've been watching Nick from afar and I'm observing this and he's actually applied it to a level of mastery. And when I say mastery, it's a meaning that he probably isn't even trying anymore. Right. I think part of it is, is, is a little bit of your gift, but I also believe part of it has been trained. And that's what I want to go over. I want to go over the train side because you do have a natural gift of, of this, this energy of yours. But, but I think we both know you've also had, had these highs and lows with your energy. 100%. So let's start out with that, Nick. I want, to, I want to first start out with how do you cultivate energy, one. Okay. But two, like why is it so impactful when you are helping your clients get from point A to point B? Okay. So first question is how to cultivate energy, right? Yes. Um, so I'm a broken record. How to cultivate energy is, is cup fillers, right? So doing things for you intentionally, uh, that's different for everybody, right? Yeah. And it looks, it looks different for everybody. So the first, the first couple of things I think about that fill my cup early in the morning Mm -hmm. to set the tone of my day is I wake up whenever my alarm goes off and I roll out of bed and I just sit on the ground, start breathing, right? Fall into a meditation practice, Mm -hmm. do a little bit of stretching while I'm breathing. Uh, If I, Mm -hmm. if I breathe first and then do a little stretching afterwards, uh, it makes me, it allows me to fall a little deeper into a meditation before I ultimately get out. And then after that, I go right into a cold shower first thing in the morning. And then yeah. those are three things that I've done intentionally for myself mm-hmm. uh, before I've left my house, before, you know, 30 minutes have passed yeah. in the morning time. I want to unpack that because those three things deeply relate to your, like, physical state. You turn into your body. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about, like, meditating, what does that do, like, to your physical body when you're doing that? Great question. So what I've found when meditating, uh, so you know when you wake up in the morning and you're stuffy? 
Yeah. Right? Like one nostril stuffy, you might have slept on that shoulder wrong all night, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe both nostrils are stuffy because you got a bunch of tension in through your shoulders. Yeah. What I found uh, from the body perspective in relation to meditation early in the morning is you can oxy- oxygenate your system. When you mm-hmm. oxygenate your system, you're helping it be more efficient. At no point exactly. in time do we really sit down and get a whole bunch of O2 in our, in our body yeah. and not a bunch of CO2, right? right? So when you sit there and you meditate, you consciously breathe in through your nose, fill your diaphragm, let the excess fill up your lungs, you're mm-hmm. saturating your system with oxygen. Right. So from a physical standpoint, you're getting oxygen into your muscles, helping everything move a little bit more efficiently from a mental standpoint, that oxygen, that focusing on the breath allows you to become present. And one of the best things with doing it early in the morning is you're you're in your I believe it's theta waves. Right. But you're still kind of in your sleep waves. Yes. So there you can be the most creative there. You can anchor yourself to Mm -hmm. a calm point that you can come back and touch throughout your day if you connect with your breath. Yes. Does that answer your question? It does answer the question because one, you just you just alluded to presence, mm-hmm. and guys, if you ever take a person's class that's just super involved, they're just present. Mm-hmm. They don't have to speak. They don't have to talk. But the moment they enter that room, it really changes the environment. Mm-hmm. And accessing that presentness through breath work, through cold showers, through any of those modalities, I think allows you to really, really help. The people you're trying to help have you ever helped a group of people and not done any of those things at one point yes i'm That's... way more reactive way less responsive when yeah. i when i don't meditate i'm not connected to my breath it's yeah i have a smart ass side and i'm very smart assy a little yeah. less intellectually and navigating yeah. those well I'm yeah i'm more reactive i don't like to be reactive i like to be responsive Exactly. Okay. So, so in the process of finding your energy fillers and how to cultivate your energy, how, how long did, did it take you to kind of find some of those activities? Well, that's a good question. So it, it's an ever evolving process mm-hmm. and it honestly changes probably about every three months. Right. So once a yeah. quarter, uh, I look at what's filling my cup. Mm-hmm. Right. And the whole score sheet that we came up with a long time ago, ago yeah. right i still run that and it's a matter of like oh, okay cool i have these seven things over the past seven days how many times have i done them if mm-hmm. there's anything on there that's less than a five then it's like oh okay cool does this thing really matter to me is mm-hmm. it still a priority of mine yeah. right it may fill my cup but if i'm not doing it to intentionally fill my cup doesn't need to be on this list maybe it can be a, an accessory filler so yeah. once a month i just look at that list and I, I make some tweaks the things that are always on there is meditation cold showers making my bed burpees and working out are always on there those are non-negotiables but once a quarter just throw something else on there like sometimes it's i want to strum on the guitar sometimes it's hey you know for these next quarter i'm going to do 100 burpees right like Mm -hmm. that'll be one of my cup fillers or um i'll get 100 putting strokes in on my putting mat that i have in my apartment or i'll get 100 empty uh like golf swings no ball no grass just getting through the motion right yeah just it depends i love it i love the variety Let's let's go over that practice you talked about, okay. because the audience is not going to know oh, what that practice, practice is. Okay, cool. So let's let's like break it down into practical steps, because I think there's going to be an audience that wants to know exactly what this little checklist that we've leveraged over the past five years. And it, and and you're right. I think mine has changed drastically, right? So let's go over those that first step scenario. You're talking to me. I'm a brand new coach. Yep. You know, and you're like, hey, do you even know what your cup fillers are? What's the first step first? 
uh, awareness, right? Okay. So normally what I do is we have the whiteboards at the gym. I'll grab a whiteboard and a marker. Yes. And I'll be like, I'll look at somebody and I'll be like, Royce, over um, the past seven days, what are what are some things that you've done for yourself, right? Or it'll start out, yeah. what are six intentional things that you've done for yourself today, right? Mm-hmm. You grab it and you'd be like, oh, I worked out. I... Uh, Maybe I meditated. Maybe I went for a run. Maybe I read a little bit, right? And you'll run them on there. And Mm -hmm. so you write down six things. Most of the time, when this is somebody's first time going through this exercise, they usually don't get six things, right? They usually get three and they're grasping at straws for the last three, which is okay, right? Because the whole goal of the exercise is to just raise awareness around where your cup is, right? Or where it isn't. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're only able to give me three things. So then the question becomes, cool, over these, out of these three things that fill your cup over the yes. past seven days, uh, how many times have you intentionally done each of these three things? Yes. Let's say over the past seven days you did three on one, you did five on another, you did five on another, right? Yeah. So your score would be 13 out of 21, right? Because exactly. you only have three cup fillers. Five, five, and three is 13. And you can, over a seven-day span, mm-hmm. you can only do them once a day. So the max yeah. number you can get for a day is seven. So that's how I get the 21, and then that's how I get the 13. And then what you do at that point is you divide 21 by 13, and you'll get a decimal. You times that decimal by 100. Then you get a percentage. Yeah. What that does, (laughs) that in and of itself, Uh, I've had people cry mm -hmm. off of doing this exercise because they really didn't understand how much they were doing for everybody yeah. else in their life and not doing for them. Mm-hmm. I did this exercise one time with a lady and I, and I truly, um, I didn't, I didn't intend for her to have a breakdown because mm-hmm. of it. Uh, I just, my intention was to help her understand. Like yeah. she was a mom of, I don't know how many kids she had a husband. She, her mom was living with her. She just started a new job. She was doing all these different things. Mm-hmm. So I just observed her and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, Let's see what your cup fillers are. We did the exercise, and you actually let me know that after we did the exercise, like, she broke all the way down yeah. uh, because we had just brought so much awareness to how much she was not doing for herself. And when yeah. you don't do for yourself, you're, uh, you're I don't want to say you're useless to other people, but you can't give to people at a high level like how you yes. want to, right? The, the analogy of when you're on a plane. Right, and the plane's going down, the oxygen mask comes down. Mm-hmm. What do they tell you to do? They tell you, ah, put your oxygen mask on all your loved ones first, right? Yeah. They don't tell no. you that. What do they tell you? You've got to put yours first. You've got to put yours first, right? You have to be selfish so you can be a very high level of selfless. Yeah. Yes. I think there is a huge coaching environment where it's backwards. And I think it's a huge recipe for burnout. You've been in that situation. I've been in that situation, and it's just never good for your clients. It's never good for your students. And I think it's admirable that you're giving everything that you have, but at the end of the day, if you can't function, you just hurt yourself, and eventually you hurt your clients. And I think we've seen it. I've seen it in my classes where I'm like, I'm really taking care of myself. My classes grow. And then the moment I peel back on my energy, my classes start to disappear. My influence starts to disappear. And we think it's your coaching work. We think it's like how you're looking at the competency side, counting calories and carbs. And it was as simple as the energy. And we've done this practice so many times. I I like how you alluded the fact that sometimes just bringing the awareness to someone can be very, it almost hurts. And that's not our intention, 
But one of the biggest things that I always tell my coaches and I always tell you guys is like sometimes good coaching hurts. No, 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 yeah. sometimes. Not sometimes. <laughs> good coaching hurts all the time, right? Yeah. I yeah, call yeah. it a compassionate foot in your ass. Right? It is. Everybody, yes. when they get coached, they want what they want, right? Like, yeah. give me what I want. No, yeah. I'm not going to give you what you want. Everybody in your life outside of here is giving you what, what you, you want. want yeah. I'm going to give you what you need. What you need and what's going to take you to the next level. 100%. What's going to help you grow 1% today? What's going to help you grow 1% tomorrow? Is extreme. This is why his classes grow, guys, is because he's intentional about his coaching. And I think the difference between a coach and a friend is a friend will be like pat you in the back and be like, "You're you're doing amazing. A coach will pat you in the back but also be like, hey, dude, you need to work on this, this, and this. And it's like an attack, but in, in reality, what it really is, is just like, hey, it's hints on how you can get to that next level. It's a coach is, hey, you did this really well. High five. Great job. You could have pushed yourself here, here, and here to be a little bit better. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And then there's dialogue around that. Yes. And I love that. That's why I take a lot of your classes. Because I think there's a lot of people that think that I'm just fit all the time. They're like, dude, you're killing it. You're killing it. And then you're like. Bro, you gotta you gotta lift your chest up. <laughs> what a lot of people don't yeah. understand is coaches like love yeah. being coached to good coaches. Yeah. Good coaches love being coached too. Yeah. Right? We'll leave that I there. think I think the best coaches love being coached. hundred percent. Because we're yeah. constantly learning. It is. Right? Yeah. Like when I take somebody else's class, I love taking anybody else's class because I structure my class somewhat off of their class, right? Mm-hmm. I'll either run the same program or run the same warm up and flow that they did, or I'll take what they did and I'll add my own variation to it. And that's just how I structure my evenings. Like Madison, when we were doing presses the other day, I took her 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. and she had red bands. She stepped on the red bands, basically took it into a front rack. And it was on the day we were strict pressing. And yes. so she was strict pressing with some red bands. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. Yeah. So then all the my classes in the evening, everybody was doing red banded strict press to help warm up for the strict press right and it's it's always being a student always being a student like people think i'm a magnificent coach i appreciate it thank you i work really hard at it but i can always be better right Mm -hmm. when people tell me i'm a great coach they tell me all these things they congratulate me cool help me be better yeah what 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 could i have done just a little bit better what would have put it over the edge for you right just constant pursuit of excellence i think there's a lesson here the best coach is also going to be the best student all the time. It's vice and it's happening all the time for you. And you're right. Every time we coach Nick, you're all in. You're like, oh, I never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. And then in the process of you cultivating that, you're like, how else can I use this to improve my clients? Mm-hmm. And then you're helping them. But then again, you're also also helping you because you're like, man, I could have moved better on that other workout. 100%. I did not see that coming. 100%. Those are huge. I want to unpack a little bit because you went right into the actions on the cup fillers, but then there's more. I want to go deep, Nick. We got a lot of time, right? So remember the very first part of this practice was like, hey, I need you to list out 10 people that you admire, that Mm. you respect, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And let's just do, let's just play scenario this. We've done this a a few times. We can't do all 10, Mm -hmm. but just give me five people you admire. They can be fictional. They can be sports athletes. They can be people that you're related to, okay. right? Just, just, just run through. Let's do five. Five. I'm gonna try to remember all five. I got you. <laughs> First one's my dad. Okay. Uh, he is the epitome of what a dependable, compassionate man mm-hmm. is.
is supposed to be, and I love him for it. He's yeah. always been he, – he's never faltered, never wavered. What's your dad's uh, name again? Darren. Darren. Yeah. Okay, Darren. So my dad's number one. Uh, number two, I would say probably Gandhi. 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 I love Gandhi because – I've heard of him, yeah. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, I love – being able to impact, I love I love the concept or the thought process of being able to impact uh, millions of people through actions of just your own. Yeah. Right. And nonviolent. I love yeah. that. Right. Uh, third one would have to be Mandela. Okay. Uh, we got Darren. We got Gandhi. We got Mandela. Hundred percent. Okay. Uh, and Mandela because it's to be able to go through what Nelson Mandela went through mm-hmm. and to be able to come out on the other side unjaded to be able to come out on the other side and yeah. have compassion for those who imprisoned him and wrongly so yeah that is that's so admirable yeah right? that that's above like the the different states of consciousness yeah. that's enlightenment yeah that is to yeah. not be able to hold any ill regard yes. for people who who held ill regard for you yeah. a week ago a month ago a year ago right so mandela okay. is the third one uh the fourth one i would say <laughs> the fourth one i would say is lebron james Wow, I, that's a new one. I don't think I've heard that one from you. I, how, so a couple things. First is how he has been able to hold stardom and hold his family in yes. such a high regard. Like this yeah. is a great human. LeBron James yeah. is a great human. I don't know him personally. LeBron, shout out to LeBron. Hey, like you want to yeah. hang out? Let's hang yeah. out. But he's a great human. Mm-hmm. right he's a great father he's a great husband mm-hmm. we haven't seen lebron tripping in the news this that or the third mm-hmm. right like he is a, yeah. a phenomenal human right yeah. he's also a phenomenal leader very yeah. vocal very energetic right yeah but he also loves to have a good time yes that is that's a jokester seems like a hundred percent right yeah. but there's that's that's one of the the qualities I find admirable mm-hmm. is when you can be a very high level of successful. You can handle your yeah. stuff on a variety of fronts, but you can still be a kid on the inside. Yeah, does that make sense? Makes you dangerous. Makes you very dangerous. Yeah, because you can you can cross off all of these and yeah. then still go back into your play space. Yeah, that is that is absolutely phenomenal. And the fifth one I would have to say is Bristow. Oh wow! And I'm gonna have him this episode. He's all right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, (laughs) Um, but Uh, one of the things, like I just said, with LeBron James is Bristow, very, very, very successful individual. Yeah, very, very, very great leader, doing tons of work on himself. Mm -hmm. One of the things I look to look up to Bristow the most for is his ability to still be a child. I have watched this man interact with both of his girls over the past five or six years that I've known him. And he can go from being a high-level CEO, talking in the top 1%, half percent, right? To the bros. To the bros, to (laughs) talking to his two girls. He's prolific. He's he's so profound. So profound. Yes. So those would be my five. My dad, Gandhi, Mandela, LeBron, and Bristow. Dang, yeah, Bristow is gonna be like he's gonna be his his head's gonna get bigger because you just put him right next to Gandhi, Mandela, right? So the and guys, this part is this piece is extremely important. It seems very surface, but we're gonna go in depth here. So what Nick did there was he placed his top five, but the next step is to ask yourself why. And you kind of were giving giving some of those attributes, Mm -hmm. but if you were to just give one attribute to each person of what that highlight was, right? What would those be? Okay, so if you guys have a paper and you're writing this down, 
First thing, write 10 people you admire. The second thing is I want you to write down all of the traits that these people have. So let's talk about your dad, Darren. What's one attribute? I know he has 100 billion attributes. What's one that stands out? That's tough, man. Just to choose one. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Rafiki. And What the heck is that? Have you just seen Lion King? You yeah. Know, the monkey, right? Rafiki. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason it's Rafiki is his trade is my dad is very profound. Yeah. Very cool, calm, collected on the surface, but has great depth to him. Right? Yeah. But similarly, he's, such, he's so good with kids. Kids love yeah. him. Kids think he's Michael Jordan. Like it's yeah. it's freaking awesome. Like he he used to be okay. a principal. He would go out and recess and shoot around with the kids, yes. right? And they yeah. loved it. Um, so that's what I mean by Rafiki. He's he's just fun to be around, yeah. but he's also a deep philosopher. Hundred percent. He's fun to be around, but he's deep. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Gandhi. I'm gonna put Rafiki. Okay, Rafiki. Sweet guy. <laughs> uh, Gandhi. <sighs> we'll say selflessness. 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 Okay. Thinking of a million people in India and what they need mm-hmm. as opposed to what it is that he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandela, resilience. Resilience. Okay. To be able to go through what he went through and walk out on the other side for the better. That takes yeah. a massive amount of resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for LeBron, it's hard work and leadership. Hard work and leadership. And man, still in the NBA working hard right we could yes. talk about his recovery schedule and that's a whole different conversation yeah there's too many there's yeah. too much um and then for bristow i think it's communication his, i was literally about to say that i was about yeah. to say his ability to communicate yeah he is a yeah. very 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 good communicator yeah two all different levels like i said i've seen it yeah. all i've seen him top tier ceo right yeah. down here like he's very he communicates really well yeah so those would be from the five okay so we got darren rafiki Rafiki, which is like i just want to like he's a, he's a lover of wisdom he's yeah. a philosopher 100 percent, right 100%. the other side to it he's just extremely likable 100%. from all fronts 100%. okay yep. the second one was gandhi selflessness, selflessness. the third one was mandela resilience, resilience. Bristow was communication, yep. and then LeBron James is hard work and leadership. And leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I remembered all that. It's, it's this. It's this. It's this. It's the call. Yeah, it's wow, the hands so be doing it. I something to anchor it to. I know. There you go. I got some <laughs> physical anchors. Those are some secret nugget shells right there, anchoring. All right, so we just established one, all of the people you admire. It works better when you write down 10 guys 100%. just before the audience, but five is okay for now. You gave me more than more than enough traits, five to six, maybe even seven traits. Now, what you do with these traits, guys, and Nick has done this a hundred times. He's doing he does it every ninety days. You list out all these traits, like resilience, hardworking, leadership, and you and you put dashes on them. So, out of those five, how many of those five people you admire has the Rafiki attribute for you? Probably all five. Okay, so we put five. We yeah. put five dash marks on there. Yep. The next one is selflessness. Out of those five, how many of them are selflessness? 
you'd have to say all five. Dang, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, so the next one is hard work and leadership. Yeah, for LeBron. Yeah. All five. All five. Okay, communication. How many? I, all five. All five. I'm yeah, really, try, I'm really trying to not do all five here. I know. And then resilience. All five. All five. All five. Okay. And here's the thing. If you find something like that, that's completely fine. But then when you – that's why it's so good when you have more of a yeah, list because you really start – what you're going to see is not all of them have five mm-hmm. and some of them will have a few. Mm-hmm. And then the ones with the most check marks is the ones that you want to highlight and circle. Mm-hmm. Okay, And here's what's really cool about this concept. When you highlight these attributes, these attributes are actually your macro values, meaning internally these are what you believe in and the people you admire are reflecting it back to you, mm-hmm. right? Because you can like Gandhi and I can be liking Tony Robbins. You're like, I don't like Tony Robbins, right? Like there, there could be so many different and everyone is different. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the whole purpose of this. And one – after 90 days, it might be different again because I think LeBron was was the first time you've said that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot different. I wish you could look back. I think you had a lot more football players yeah, on the past ones, 100%. which is really, really cool evolution. That means you're growing, yeah, right? So once you have that, you take those values, and what do we do with those values? We move them downward, okay, and then, and then we just park them. Mm-hmm. So it's resilience, prolific communicator, Rafiki, Leadership and hard work. Resilience. I think we said resilience-wise, but but they can replay it. But you, you put all five in one list, okay? And then the second question that we ask is, what are the top five things that you do right now that, that gives you energy, mm. okay? Top five things. And for some, they might be like, I, don't, I think I only do like two or three things, mm-hmm. which is completely healthy, by the way. Mm-hmm. But the goal is like, what are those top five things? And here's what's really cool. I want so Nick, give me the top five things. So one, you said meditation. Yep, meditation. Okay. Uh, cold shower. Cold shower. Working out. Working out. Uh, anything golf related. Anything golf related. And honestly, making my bed. Making my bed. Okay. Here's what gets fun. This is where it gets deep. Okay. In each one of those activities. When you look at it in its whole, it affects the values. It affects the values that you, you really admire, mm-hmm. okay? So let's talk about meditation, right? That's, that's a practice of, of one, selflessness, mm-hmm. right? I think there's a sense of resiliency in that as well. Mm-hmm. It's hard staying still, hard work. People mm-hmm. think hard work is like sweating. Some of the hardest work I've done is just sitting down and breathing, right? So that's another one. The second thing they did was cold shower. Mm-hmm. If you're not practicing resilience there, I don't know where you're practicing else, <laughs> right? So that's an act of resilience. I also think it's an act of hard work because that's very, very difficult, mm-hmm. okay? So that's like a huge, huge concept. Mm-hmm. What was the other one that you did? Uh, so meditate, cold shower, make my bed, anything golf-related and work out. Oh, golf-related? Come on. That's, that's microclasm of life, resilience, selflessness, all of it. It encompasses it. It encompasses all of those values that you have. Mm-hmm. So when you really start honing into things that charge you up, mm-hmm. it it has to be attached to some of those macro values you carry. Mm-hmm. 
so for those of you that are like Royce, Nick, I don't really know what I, what I, what fills my cup. Mm-hmm. It's like you need to find out who you admire first. Mm-hmm. And here's the hard part, dude. Sometimes I I do this this particular question to coaches, and then they don't have anyone they admire. Mm-hmm. So I don't even do the practice. I was like, dude, I don't even think this this practice is for you. Mm-hmm. You need to go out there and just read. You need to go out there and learn. Mm-hmm. You need to go out there and just watch documentaries. Mm-hmm. So 100%. isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. But when they do, if they do have an admiration list, this is a, such a powerful, powerful piece. Because mm-hmm. they're open. Yeah. They're closed off. They don't think yeah. they know everything. Exactly. You, you know, you can't pour water into a cup that's already full. Yeah. So – we do all those five things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're there. Mm-hmm. And then and then we we just, let's replay back because you were like, how many times do I do that on a daily basis? And for the most part, for all those five things, mm-hmm. you do daily, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. So five, yeah. And then it's interesting. So you're talking about the exercise. Mm-hmm. So if I do all the five of those things daily, right? So five, mm-hmm. if I do them on daily, it's five times seven is 35, right? That's the yeah. most that you can get per it's 35 five points, things, yes. Right? Exactly. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. So the second piece Mm -hmm. is everything that drains your energy, Mm. right? You list them all out. Remember this is, this is where Mm. actually the huge awareness and epiphany works Mm -hmm. for, at least for me and also what was for you as well. Mm -hmm. And when you just list them out and it doesn't have to be present now, there's probably less because you're so aware, Mm -hmm. but in the past, what were like the top five things that just destroyed your energy? Top five things. Or it could be present. It doesn't have to be past. It yeah, could be present. present. Um, complaining. Mm-hmm. Complaining drains my energy. Okay. Mm, what else drains my energy? Complacency? Complacency, yes, for sure. Complacency. Yeah. Um, ugh, inauthenticity. People being yeah. inauthentic. It's like it's not them. Yeah. Yeah, that, you can uh, tell. Yeah, that drains... That, so these things I, I consider irritating to my being. Yeah. Right? Who I am as an indi- who I am as a soul and as a spirit yes. are irritated by these things. That's why they drain my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, How about lazy working? Is that like? Yeah, lazy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't play that. Lazy. And okay, that's four. That's four. We need one more. Another thing that drains my energy um, is being so busy. That I'm not prioritizing my self care. Can that be number five? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> okay, that is that yeah. is so draining. That is yeah. so draining. Yeah, because it disturbs. It, and here's what's cool: the things that drain you currently is directly affecting the five macro values you have. Mm-hmm. Right, laziness. It doesn't doesn't compute well if one of your values is hard work. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Compl- complaining. That doesn't. I mean, in terms of just like. Hard work, compassion. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't work really, really well, right? Mm-hmm. Like another one was self care. Mm-hmm. Like me working so much that just like it, it, it really disturbs your value as being LeBron James. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That's a big thing. You know, another one probably that makes you mad is quitting. Mm-hmm. You ever see someone quit? Mm-hmm. Right? That's a so side tangent. Uh, that's one of my favorite things. When I someone don't quit? When, yes. Because oh, everybody what? wants to quit. That's true. Everybody wants to quit. Okay. My my job or my goal as your coach is to get you not to quit. I don't want you to quit on yourself. Yeah. I want to put you through your paces. Let's say you're a new athlete walking in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. My whole goal is for you to finish. Yes. I want to make it 
hard enough. You're already going to think it's hard. I want to make it hard enough that you don't think you can finish. Yes. But I want you to always be able to finish. Yeah. I enjoy watching people work out because it tells me a lot about you. When mm -hmm. shit hits the fan in a workout yes. and you stop or your demeanor changes or you go negative, when shit hits the fan out in real life, you're going to yeah. do the exact same thing. So yeah. it's a microcosm like golf. I love watching people work out because when it gets tough, what do you do? When it gets tough, I'm just like, oh, okay, oh <laughs> what you going to do? Okay. What you going to do? Yeah. Right? And then it's... Then we make adjustments based off of what you do. If mm -hmm. you work through it, you work hard, cool. Let's high five. Let's let's get yeah. it. But if not, then it's like, oh, okay, cool. You got some work to do. And oh it's not gosh. physical work. It's the inner stuff. It's yeah. inner standing, not understanding. You guys have to replay that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> really quick, because here's, here's – I want to unpack that lesson is so huge. And I'm going to tell you why Nick is probably one of the best and most prol prolific coaches that we have is because you see it – in a macro view, you're like for for an athlete's eye, for a normal coach's eye that's just just regularly doing this. You're like, yeah, he's just quitting on one rep, no big deal. But for Nick, he's like, no, if I let you fail here, you're gonna fail outside of here, and I can't have that, right? And I want you guys to to grasp that. But here's something, something that would typically make Nick mad about someone quitting. He actually changed it and reframed it because you're taking care of yourself at such a high level. That was the next follow-up question. When you're doing 35 things for yourself, things that normally make you mad no longer make you mad. It's actually the greatest opportunity. Mm -hmm. But when you're not doing those self-care activities, those opportunities – Look like obstacles. They look like obstacles. Those puzzles look like problems. These Those puzzles look past. like problems. Yes, mm -hmm. dude. So like one of the big things, so for those of you guys that are coaches, leaders, mentors, and you're guiding people, a coach, a really good coach can look like everything. They can look at like a, a, an example is like a football coach. Mm -hmm. They can see the offense. They can see the defense, mm -hmm. right? They can even see what's happening in the box. You're like, like they can see the whole picture. Mm -hmm. But for athletes, they can only see like peripheral. Or blinders. They're blinders. They're, they're like, blinders yeah. They only see what's in front of them. Exactly. For defense, it's like they're just watching watching the offense. Mm -hmm. For if you're a quarterback, you're like looking at the routes. Mm -hmm. If you're a wide receiver, you're only looking at the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like a good coach will be able to pull himself all the way back from those emotions, and then see the big picture. And that's why Nick is not making you fail on that first rep. Mm. That's why Nick is telling you, hey, keep your chest up, man. Because, mm. like, I'm not just looking out for your first rep. You told me you're going to do a thousand of these, yeah? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. And your hip's going to blow up if you keep doing a thousand of these reps. Mm -hmm. So right. I'm like, this guy can see. So to touch yeah. on the whole, the whole uh, macro view, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I have this conversation with well, my athletes who see me at Anderson. They, I've, yeah. I've had this conversation with at least – everybody in the gym who's come to my classes. But mm -hmm. the beautiful part about being a coach, right? Mm -hmm. This is my absolute favorite aspect of being a coach, okay? Yeah. The best thing about being a coach is I see you, Royce, my athlete. Yeah. I see you for where you currently are yeah. in time and space right now. Yes. And I get to see you for where you could possibly go. I only see your potential, right? You see yourself from where you've been, right? <laughs> all the trauma, uh, all the mental garbage, all the whatever yeah. in the past, you only see 
past to present and you're basing mm-hmm. what you can do over here based off of all this stuff. Yes. I don't care about this. I only care about this when it has relevance in the moment as to yes. why you're not executing at a high level like you can. Yes. Right? That's where that uh, compassionate foot in the ass comes from. Yeah. Is most people are living in the past. Mm-hmm. Most people are living in their thoughts of, oh, I should wish I would have, could have, should have, all over here. Yeah. I don't care about that. That has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. It has nothing to do with the workout that's yes. about to punch you in the face. Yes. Right? So I don't care. Yeah. Now if it's if it's overly prevalent, if it's if it's a bunch, then cool. I'll yeah. care because I'll help you unpack it in this present yeah. moment so we can move forward. Yeah. But I don't look here. I look yeah. where you're at and I look where you can go. I'm bridging this gap. I wow. need you to do the inner work so this yeah. you, this doesn't weigh you down. I'm trying to help you ascend to okay. your potential and where you want to go. I need you to cut ties with all the things that are anchoring you down. Okay. <laughs> I'm thirsty, bro. You're feeding me right now, man. Let me get a let me get a sip of coffee real quick. So really quick, guys. I don't know if you guys picked that up. This is why Nick is such a prolific coach. Because he sees people where they are mm-hmm. and he sees them for their potential. Mm-hmm. Right? There was I'm gonna butcher this quote. It's a John Maxwell thing. Mm-hmm. But when you see things that are broken, you're gonna fix it. Mm-hmm. When you see things that are like are 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 just like uh, they can essentially be helped, you'll you'll try to help it. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you see something that's valuable, you end up serving it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do for these people. And that's just the tonality. And that's just the coaching that I, I get. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's valuable. I'm going to go ahead and give him coaching that's going to make him even more valuable mm-hmm. as opposed to like, dude, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. Like you're this is it. This is the highest it's going to mm-hmm. get. I'm just like, going to uh, fix you. You're only going to be able to get that 225 yeah. clean. Sorry. Yeah. So 100 percent. You see people as valuable. 100%. Uh, that's so when I do get frustrated or irritated with my members, I love you all. Mm-hmm. But when I do get frustrated or irritated, it's because I have such a high level, high base level of compassion. Yeah. When people don't come hang out with me at the gym, right? Mm-hmm. I understand you got life outside of the gym. Cool. Yes. Do whatever you got to do, right? But when you don't come hang out with me at the gym, I get frustrated because I care more about you than you do. Yes. Now, if you're an athlete who's come to see me four or five times a week and you decide one week, oh, okay, cool, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going out with my girlfriends, we're doing whatever, right? Yeah. I'm going out with the boys, we're doing whatever. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a steam release, right? Yeah. But if I see you like once a week or once every other week and you're telling me about all these goals, these things that you want to get better at, but you're not putting in the consistency, therefore you're talking shit against, shit against yourself in your head and bringing that in and not wanting to come in, that's when I get yeah. frustrated with my members because it's like I'm here for y'all. Yeah. And my base level of compassion and care is yes. so much higher than yeah. most other people's level of care yeah. that they have for others or even for themselves. This is a, this is a realization yeah. that I had to come to probably within the past six months of I was just like, why am I getting so frustrated with these people? Right. Right. But the frustration is really just like, hey, that's showing you how much you really do care about these yeah. people. Right. And some people can handle it and some people can't. That's why I let some people get close to my fire. That's why I'm a little bit more standoffish. Yeah. Yeah, That's that was the third part. How do you protect your energy? (laughs) Right. So let's move into that because now we know how to cultivate it. Yep. Okay. We didn't talk about disseminate yet. Yep. Let's just go right into protecting because we're we're in, we're in a good spot. Let's get back to that. Yeah. Because I like yeah, I love it. Okay. So protecting your energy. Okay. When you're protecting your energy, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you elevate your energy, I think naturally you just repel people. Mm-hmm. 
right? All of the lazier, the lazier, the laziness, they don't even want to be around you. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's frequency and vibration, yeah. right? When your vibration changes, you can only vibrate or you can only attract things that are of a certain vibration. When yeah. you start elevating your vibration, things that are right here are going to get uncomfortable. They got one or two options. They can mm-hmm. elevate with you or you're going to create space, right? This, yeah. is, this is a, we'll say this is a, uh, I don't want to say problem, but this is something face, face that couples face, right? Yeah. One person gets a little unhappy with where they're at, so they start growing, right? And this then is it's, how they grow apart. one or two things, right? Either your spouse, your significant other mm-hmm. has to decide like, oh, I see Oh, damn. Okay, go ahead, Tara. Like, you be yeah. growing, girl. And then yeah. you got to decide. As Royce, you're like, oh, well, do I grow too? Do I work on myself and exactly. try to meet her where she's at? Or do I let this divide? Fill? And that's what happens. 100%. Yeah. But this. it's frequency and vibration. Once you change your vibration yeah. and your thought, right? Your yeah. thoughts are your frequency. Your feelings are your vibrations. Yeah. Once you change those, it's dissonance Yeah. is a thing. It's a, yeah. It is so real. Continue. So- no, no. So the act of growing will naturally protect your energy, 100%. right? So I think in terms of a client and practitioner, mm-hmm. it works the same way. Like if you're constantly growing and elevating your body, your health, your mind, your spiritual, your business, all of it, your clients can either be like, like they're out, you know, or they're like, I want to go where Nick is. And I think that's you, – you show me a good coach – and I'll show you all of their clients, and they're very, very, very ex- extremely successful. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you attract particular students in your class that has a specific it, – it sounds crazy. They have a specific net worth. Mm-hmm. They, they read a particular amount of books, mm-hmm. right? They're very conscious about their health, their, their, their awareness, mm-hmm. right? It's because you've elevated that, that, that growth of yours. Mm-hmm. You're growing constantly. And guys, what I mean by this, like Nick will share me quotes and YouTubes and I'm like, dude, I haven't even, I have a list, a pending list of what I'm supposed to watch with Nick. And this is how much back work this guy does. One of the concepts that we always preach is like the more you grow, the more your clients will go. Mm-hmm. So if you're a coach and you're not growing, I guarantee you it, they're not going to go to your class. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll be there for a season and then they'll grow out and then they're going to find a guy like Nick. You're like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. This guy's insane. And that is like, that's something that breaks my heart. I see a lot of coaches. They're just coaching, but they're never growing. They're not even coaching. They're managing. Those are people Mm. managers. That's why people don't listen to them. Wow. It's, we are not managers, right? Nobody wants to be managed. Nobody wants to be in a visit. Well, there's a certain, there's a particular type of person (laughs) that wants to be in a position to manage people, right? Most people don't want to be managed. No. Right? They Most be. people want to be led. Yes. And you lead from the front. And exactly. You lead, from ex- you lead by example. Yes. Right? Do as I do, not as I say. A hundred percent. There's too many nuggets here. <laughs> we need to chill out. I need to stop giving I you. you. I meditated yeah. in the car before I walked in. I need to stop giving you nitro cold brews. <laughs> like this is, a, this is what happens when I'm with Nick. I, I wish we would have recorded a lot more of our podcast because we've, we've, we've had some major epiphanies together. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what is happening right Conversations now? Conversations are always yeah. fire. So let's go back to... Um, My favorite word, disseminate? Yes. But before we get there, <laughs> you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you don't like where you're at, look at who you're surrounding yourself with because energy is a thing, right? Vibration is a thing. There's the protecting. There's, there's a practical... Pr- practical thing that you can do to protect your your energy 100 check your five right check your five 
Fab mm-hmm. Five. You remember Fab Five? Yeah. <laughs> Check yeah. who's in your Fab Five, right? If yeah. they if they don't if they don't make if your Fab Five can't make the list that we talked about, right? If they don't have traits on the list of things that we talked about, you need to find a new Fab Five. Right. That's true. Those are weighing you down. So you're the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. Right. Uh, another another nugget there is uh, if you want to elevate, if you want to grow. Right. Ask yourself better questions. The quality of your life is determined by the questions you ask of yourself and others. One hundred percent. Right. You want a better life? Ask better questions all the way around yeah. of yourself and others. Um, so that's what I wanted to, to touch up on there. Uh, but in terms of how do you, I don't, I don't think disseminates the right word. I think it's the wrong word. But anyway, bro, we can check it up. Share? I'm pretty sure it's share? sharing. <laughs> we'll fact check. Chat GPT. Right? The okay. comments are gonna blow up. They're I know. Like, they're like, bro, out. it means like removing <laughs> yeah, someone's bro, head. Like you said it twelve times. I know. So, um, but whatever. when it comes to sharing energy, right? So I have a, I have a fun story. Um, because one of the questions that you prompted me with that allowed me to kind of think down this thought process is, um. When did I become aware of how my energy affects a room? You remember that question? Dude. Right? Yeah, so that's huge. I'm going to take it back to the days at Tandem. Yeah. Right? When we were working with this interior design firm, we were doing some coaching for him, right? Yeah. And you talked about, a, I think it was an egg, a potato, and a coffee bean, right? Yeah. What happens when you put an egg in hot water? It just, it gets hard. It gets hard, right? Yeah. What happens when you put a potato in water? Gets soft. Right? So the outside of the egg, uh, the outside of the egg keeps it and allows it to cook on the inside, mm-hmm. right? The potato, the outside keeps it fine, but it softens, mm-hmm. right? What happens when you put a coffee bean in hot water? It affects the whole thing. It affects the whole thing. The whole thing tastes like coffee. Yeah. Right? The environment is infected for yeah, sure. A hundred percent. Yep. The environment is affected. I like mm-hmm. that wording. So after I learned that lesson, right? It was probably a year later that I put it into practical application. So yeah. I think this was two years ago. But James went on like his annual trip to California, right? Yeah. The one that he loves to go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to help him out, I picked up all the morning classes and someone picked up all my <laughs> evening classes, right? And yeah. yeah. The remember how one of my energy drainers is yeah. complaining, right? Yeah. So there's there's just a little bit more of that in the morning time. Anyway. Yeah. And so <laughs> When I yeah. was coaching, it was it was tough for me like the first two days because mm-hmm. if you're it, complaining really just says a certain level of complaining, a certain level of tone underneath your complaining yeah. says you really don't care to be there. Yeah. Like if you're going to complain about this, why are you here? Yeah. Right? Complaining is a shield for their potential so they don't have to do it. A hundred percent. And it's also like, oh, okay, cool. Because I've, I've asked people this question. They'll complain, 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 complain. I'm like, okay, cool. You want me to make it easy for you? Yeah. And they're like. Well, no. I'm like, then why are you complaining? Yeah. They're like, uh, 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 uh. I'm like, yeah, knock it off. Right. Yeah. But I'm coaching for James. Monday, Tuesday, yes. hard. Energy draining days. Had to take like a nap in the middle of my afternoon. Yeah. Energy sucking. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it was me because I was thinking about all the people that I didn't enjoy their company yeah. that I had to coach. Therefore, my thoughts turned into a feeling and a vibration. And right. Then and I it. pushed that out into the room. So my first two days were hard. I had to coach for a week, right? Three days left. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that, mm-hmm. right? Meditated for an hour before I had to coach people mm-hmm. at 5 a.m. And during my meditation, I thought to myself, of oh, a coffee bean. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. I have been reactive over these past two days in terms of the energy and the people that yeah. come into my sphere. You're turning into an egg. An egg. You hardening out. Or a out. potato. I'm getting soft yeah. on the inside, right? Yeah. I'm neither of those things. I'm a coffee bean. 
You right? are. Yeah. People feel me when I walk in a room. It's so, scary, yeah. The Guys, I'm telling you, this is scary. I, I like, <laughs> you know when Nick's in the room. Mm-hmm. When he's in a good mood, the entire place lights up, mm-hmm. right? When Nick is in a bad mood. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, it completely changes the dynamic of things. So he can't hide it at all, mm-hmm. even though he tries. Mm-hmm. But it's such a power. Mm-hmm. And then when you're like, dude, I didn't realize how powerful I was. Mm-hmm. We had that conversation. I was like, oh, you finally figured that out, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah. I was coaching, right? Those last three days. Uh, I did my meditation for an hour before people showed up. And when people showed up, very first person, I was like, cool. Yeah. I am affecting this room in this gym today. I am not letting this room in this gym affect me. Yes. Right? And <clears throat> long story short, the rest of the three days were a breeze. Everybody was having fun. Tell me it's some of the best classes they've ever had. And it was all based off of my own perception shift right i had to change how i went into the room i had to change how i reviewed the room if we're talking about c tier i had to go from a negative circumstance or a negative perception of a circumstance Mm -hmm. to finding more of a neutral perspective on the circumstance and only once it was neutral once i was able to get myself there then i can make it positive right positive is easy for me that's just just how i do it's innate i've been working on it for so long but i had to understand it was me and my perception of of the classes in the morning that made the experience negative. that's me not them that's me i'm choosing to interact with them that way so Mm -hmm. i had to shift myself from negative to neutral once i found neutral and i accepted it like okay cool regardless of how i feel about it these people are going to come here they're going to show up and they're going to act a certain way right if you already know all these things you Mm -hmm. can get preemptively mad about it or you Mm -hmm. can do something preemptive about it right so then i just double down, triple down, quadruple down on my self-care. Made sure that I walked into those three classes with my cup overflowing. When my cup overflows, it's easy for me to give away energy. It's crazy. I love giving away energy when my cup's overflowing. Because you have too much of it. Mm -hmm. I've got to a point where it's like, I have too much that I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. That's why we started doing this. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can no longer just like do one-on-ones. I got to do one to as many people as I possibly can. Because that can also eat you away, and I never really understood that whole concept. But really quick, I want to pack another lesson that Nick just threw a bomb on. (laughs) The good coaching is not happening in that hour. What makes Nick a great coach is what's happening hours before. Mm -hmm. He understands his energy at such a high level that he's willing to do all this extra work because you don't have to meditate for an hour. You don't have to take a freaking cold shower. Mm -hmm. You don't have to read all those books. You don't have to listen to all those documentaries, but you do it because you know in that space you help your people. No. You want to know why I do it? No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? I do it. Yeah. So I do it because I enjoy it. The more things I do that I enjoy, the easier it is for me as a coffee bean to make everything you do enjoyable. This is why I like hanging out with Nick, guys. Selfish to selfless. Yeah. You have to be selfish, right? That's why when I work out in the mornings, sometimes I'm all, like on a Friday, I'll be crazy on a Friday because I don't have classes in the evening that I have to come back and pour into. Yeah. Right? But Monday through Thursday, I'm business. I'm there to train. I don't give give away a bunch of energy in the morning. Like I'll joke around, haha. Yeah, you protect it a little bit. I'm protecting it, right? Because I give energy out wherever I go. People literally pay me for the energy that I bring to rooms. Yeah, yeah. So once I became aware of that, it's like, oh, okay, cool. This When I work out in the morning, I can't be just giving it away willy-nilly. Because then I'd have to do even more cup fillers. So let me be a little bit more reserved. And I've had members that are like, are you okay? He's like, Like, no, 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 no. Do you not like us in the morning? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not that. It's just I'm here for me. 
I know how much energy I'm about to put out in the next few hours. And then there's certain like there's certain clients that I know is going to get take a little bit more energy. Mm -hmm. So I pull back. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just got to pull just enough so I can Mm -hmm. give to this person. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not because I don't love you, Mm -hmm. but I just know what 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 storm I'm about to get into. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I think that's another valuable lesson on how to protect your energy. I want to talk about how to disseminate your energy real quick. (laughs) <laughs> okay, you can fact check this. I think that's going to be the title. Oh, How, please, please, please. Just, just going to yes. say disseminate. <laughs> um, but anyways, I want to talk about this because you have a very unique way to do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're unconscious about it, subconscious about it, but you do it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, I've been in situations where I'm stressed and all you got to do is this. You like press your hand on my shoulder. You're like, what's going on, man? And I'm like... This cat, like, I'm like, ah, right? So, but you understand the energy sources that's being flown in there mm-hmm. and you heal people just based on your presence, especially when you're at a huge cup filler situation. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're holding all the stress here. What's popping? Mm-hmm. That's not normal. I think it's, you hit it on the head. It's presence. Yeah. I'm present. Like people are like, you use this, that, and the third. I'm like, you have to realize I'm yeah. a very observant person. Yeah. Regardless, mm-hmm. all my jobs, they basically pay me to be observant. Yeah. I'm observing people all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But to be a great observer of people, you have to be present. You have to see it. I can't be anywhere else. Do you measure my neck height? <laughs> They're like, oh, <laughs> his neck is like four inches shorter. Right. They're like, why is he yeah. look like? Why does he look like Michael <laughs> yeah. right now? Boy, put your shoulders yeah. down. Right. But it's yeah. it's presence. That's my whole thing. Is yeah. I work to be as present as possible in this moment. Mm-hmm. Because if I can be present in this moment with you, yeah, the likelihood that something drastic will change, right? Or that it'll have a yeah. very profound positive effect, right? Yeah. Whether it's presence with an adult or yeah. it's presence with a child, yeah. be present. Whether it's you're talking to somebody on the sidewalk, whether you're talking to somebody on the subway, whether you're in an Uber, whether you're on a flight, yeah. be where your feet are. Yes. Today, because we have this wonderful, awful thing. Wonderful and awful. Wonderful and awful, right? Yeah. Nobody's where their feet are. If you're where your feet are, wonderful life is happening all around you. 100%. Get your head out of this phone. Yeah. Detach from it. Put this on. Do not disturb. Leave it alone. Yeah. Don't let anybody reach out and touch you whenever they feel like they want to touch you. Yeah. Right? If you can be present, you'll that's that's all it is. That is literally I literally that's had a moment you. with one of the one of my members this morning. She's going through something. She kinda let me know that she's going through something. She's gonna be missing my class. Yeah. Right. And I saw it in the in the way she said it and how she said it. Yeah, I knew she wasn't okay, right? But yeah. I knew if I asked her anything more, oof, waterworks. Waterworks. 100%, so what I did yeah. is I looked at her and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I made eye contact with her and I walked away, yeah. so I could allow her to to gather herself because yeah. we were in class, a bunch of people yeah. around. Nobody likes to cry in front of people, right? But because yeah. I'm present, before this lady left, because she's flying away, before she left, I looked at her and I was like, hey, come here, and I gave her a hug. And when I gave her a hug, and I was like, hey, we love you, and if you need anything, please let me know. You don't have to say, right? And she's walking out the door. But I'm just like, like, that was the best. 100%, right? Because Mm -hmm. she comes to see me all the time. I know this particular athlete. I know you. I know where you're at. I know where your baseline's at. You're way below your baseline. Why are you way below your baseline? Oh, okay. You got some family stuff going on. Cool. If you want to talk about it, I'm here. But you know, I have this thing where I just make people cry because I just be seeing them and asking them questions. So I was like, cool. This This isn't the moment to make you cry. But because I'm yeah. present and because I've seen it, yeah. I can't not acknowledge it. So yeah. how I acknowledge it is I gave her a hug. While she was hugging me, I was just like, hey, just know we love you. And if there's mm-hmm. anything you need from us, 
That's Let it. Let us know we got you. And I couldn't yeah. do that. If you weren't present. If I wasn't present. I couldn't do that at a high level if I didn't meditate. I couldn't do mm. that if I didn't take my cold shower. Yeah. I couldn't do that if my self-care wasn't on point this morning. I wouldn't. Jesus. I would have missed yeah. an opportunity to legitimately be there for somebody in a moment mm-hmm. where they didn't even know they needed somebody. You need to chill out. <laughs> you you need I, to chill out. You right? we're just talking about <laughs> we're we're talking about things uh, that I, I have a lot of depth in and that I think about a lot yeah. and I have a lot of conversations around. Yeah. That's you you know you know how uh there's like like robots, AI robots are like they they see the angles mm-hmm. and like I'm picturing your eyeballs seeing measurements on people's necks you and really their arms. So like you can detect that and and something me and Bristow we always jo- <laughs> we we always jokingly like he's like he's like what well, so what did he give you for his rib cage? He was like, dude, you would never believe it, but he told me to floss my toes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, did it work? He was like, I think it worked. Right. So so Nick can detect injuries. And it's not even close to the injury. He's like, dude, Royce, my like, I'll tell him, I'm like, dude, like my shoulders are hurt. He's like, you should floss your calves. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I can see it, man. Like you're, you've been running so much. Just floss your calves, do that for about two weeks, and then you come back to me. And then my shoulders are fixed. And I'm like, who are you? Right? So that's the Nick Nashy side of you. Mm-hmm. So and, and that's just like one aspect of how you see people. You can see, you can see like you understand the movement capacity. Mm-hmm. You understand their emotions are held into their body. Mm-hmm. And you understand that you can you can share your energy in those moments when you see that there's a particular dysfunction in the body. And I think it's beautiful. And I think that's where your gift is. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't think a lot of coaches can see it at that level, mm-hmm. but you've trained it as well. It's not like you haven't. You're 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 you've done massage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing a, a yogi training, which yeah, takes a kajillion hours, 200, right? Just two hundred plus hours. It's like four months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like four months. But yeah, so you just know there's this like. You do have, you definitely do have that gift, but I also don't want to just say it's a gift because people are like, "Oh, oh I can't, I, can, yeah, I can't, for it. so yeah. I don't have to try it." I was like, "No, you can train this." Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm speaking this is because there's coaches. We have 20 plus coaches, mm-hmm. and the hardest thing is to replicate, mm-hmm. right? And it's hard one because I can't have one on ones like this, mm-hmm. but two, they only hear from the, the vine. They're like just like. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to, they compare themselves Mm -hmm. to like, to be completely honest, they compare themselves to Nick. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, guys, Nick is more human than you realize. He's more human than you realize. And then when these conversations hopefully alludes to the fact of how much work you do outside of this, in terms of your energy, Mm -hmm. in terms of how compassionate you are, like, I really want to just highlight that. I think you do a good job at that. And, um, dude, I love it. I really appreciate that. I think, uh, take kind of wrapping it back to presence, um, 80 to 90% of communication is nonverbal. And yeah. So if you are where your feet are, yeah. right. If you're, if we're all in this room, yeah, you're telling me so much about you, right? What do I look like right now? By the way, am I like... You, I mean, Am I stressed bro, you out? Look swole. What are you talking okay. about? Sure so I feel good. good? You. Yeah, you look good. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but no, it's it's. I can tell you're calm, right? It's yeah, it's yeah. the mirroring. 
Yeah. Uh, well, Steve just walked in. It's the mirroring, right? Yeah. So your body language is telling me you're cool, calm, collected, and relaxed. I am, So yeah. that's what allows me to be cool, calm, and collected, and relaxed, right? But yeah. if I go here, if I just do this, Tense, you, you already judgmental. wanted to move. You already wanted to move. Yeah, dude, I want to freaking out. Exactly. You chill out again. Right? So yeah. part of being present is just, part of communication and part of being present is just observing the body language. Mm-hmm. Because what people say and how they say it and their intention behind saying it yeah. usually aren't in alignment. Yeah. So it's, what did you say? How did you say it? And is that what you meant to say? And that's that's how you're able to see people when they're not authentic. Mm-hmm. You're like, dude, your body's not telling me. Like, I can read you. Mm-hmm. Nick is a body in ease. Like Chinese, it's called body in ease. <laughs> you're fluent in it. <laughs> it's scary. I think you're like fluent in a few body in ease type of languages. I can see it. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Right? When you see someone in alignment, their body is moving the same way. Their facial expressions are facing the same way. And more importantly, the energy they produce outside that body is even more evident. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dang it. He's, he's real. So uh, we're talking about the scale, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, down here, we have like anger, sadness, grief, mm-hmm. apathy. At the top, you have enlightenment, right? Down here is zero. Yeah. Up here is a thousand. Exactly. Do you, do you know what's higher than enlightenment? On that know. energetical, emotional I thought scale. enlightenment was the highest. That's nah, like God you level. Know, you want to know what's higher than that? Uh-uh. Authenticity. What? Authenticity rates 4,000 on that okay. scale. This is this is on the Dr. Hawkins? There's a this, different chart. Uh, It might be on Dr. Hawkins. Yeah. You'll have to send it to yeah, me. Yeah, I'll have to send it I to you. I didn't know there was another higher. I was like, I was trying to. Authenticity is the highest you can be. I'm only a few down from enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> real, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not even close, guys. For real. But yeah. it's because authenticity can be felt. Uh, All it's there's, true. There's, there's three aspects yeah. to us, right? Mind, body, spirit, mind, body, soul, whatever. Yeah. Right, and if one of those don't correlate, it throws it all off. It throws it off, yeah. But when all three yeah. of those are in in alignment, and you're moving from your authentic self, that's why your impact is so high. That's why your energy yeah. is so high. That is why, because you're living as your authentic self. That's why you can fill a room. That's why people will reach out to you on on yeah. the gram, being like, "Yo, what you're doing for yeah. Murph is inspiring. Where do you work yeah. out at?" Right? It's a level of being authentic just to yeah. you, and you have to. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I make it sound like once you find your authenticity, you have it forever. Yay. No. no. It's a battle. It's a it's a battle. You have yeah. you literally just like you have to fight to get better every day. You have to fight to make sure that you're still being authentic every single day, that you're living in alignment with who you say you want to be. Yeah. Who you feel it is that you are. Does that wow. make sense? It makes absolute sense. This is nuts, Nick. Okay, dude, we got to have somehow wrap this up because otherwise I'm going to run out of memory card juice and then I'm going to be super sad that I didn't close it in, okay? okay? All right, you're only allowed to give one particular trait of what makes a great coach, okay? okay. And you only get one. one. I know, only one. You're like, okay, I just just like tap into all of your best coaches that's influenced. It doesn't even have to be a coach. Oh, it could be a teacher. Can you talk about that real quick? Because one of the questions you asked me, or one of the questions you sent to me, was what who was a coach that That's I looked I mean, up yeah. to, or who was a coach that impacted me? Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. Talk about that for, can we talk about that for two? That minutes? is the last question. That though. is the last question. Oh, my yes. God, did I get there before you? No, no. Oh. Yeah, that is the last question. Okay. I just said it weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, but it works. Okay, so like, give me one coach that has really been impactful for you because there's a lot of coaches that listen to this, 100%. and teachers and mentors and leaders. 100%. Anyone helping anyone. This is this this is nuggets gonna be probably for you. Hundred percent. 
Um, so the coach who impacted me the most, I've had a, a variety of wonderful coaches in my life. Mm-hmm. The one that takes the cake is the one that basically started this whole journey. I don't want to say he started it, but he he gave it a whole bunch of momentum. And we've actually talked about him before yeah. on, the, on our episodes way, way long ago. Yeah. And it was my coach, TJ, who was also like okay. my brother-in-law, right? Um, just a quick synopsis. Right after high school, so 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. um, my, I'm just going to call him Uncle TJ. He's not my uncle, but he felt like an uncle. Uncle TJ was driving up to Idaho to go see his youngest sister graduate. He took his whole yes. family up there. Uh, on their way back, unfortunately, his wife was driving and she fell asleep at the wheel. The car veered off the road. It tumbled. Unfortunately, TJ was ejected from the car and, and comatose after that. And he passed away shortly thereafter. And TJ, even to this day, is the most impactful coach that I have ever had because the level, the volume that I have, the intensity that I have, the compassion that I have are nothing, nothing in comparison to what TJ had. So I am working my ass off every single day to be the best represent representation of TJ in my own way that I can be. He had a big booming voice. You could hear him from across the way when he was yelling at you. Yeah. He had a presence. All he had to do was just come stand next to you. And all and even if he wasn't looking at you, just standing next to you, everything mm-hmm. you did got better because his presence demanded greatness. Mm-hmm. But his presence demanded greatness and he was able to pull greatness from everybody because of his high level of compassion. So the person who changed my entire outlook, the person who had a very, who was a foundational pillar in the coach that I am am today is a man called TJ Bird. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. But he started this journey. I am this, this wonderful coach that everybody perceives me to be is just my, the best rendition I can do or the best rendition I can be of this man called TJ, who was TJ Bird. Shoot, Nick. So really quick on that. By the way, I've been coached by him multiple times. Mm. By you. Mm. So when I'm in, when I, dude, I've taken hundreds, hundreds of your classes, and I think TJ coached me. Now that now that you say these things about him, booming voice, massive presentness, compassion. You're doing it, man. You're living it. supposed to make people cry you're supposed to make me cry this fucked up but in all seriousness thank you for the compliment yeah dude i experienced that i didn't know that i you you told me a little bit about it but not at that depth and and i think it's gonna serve there's a lot of people right now that are losing their loved ones Mm -hmm. their family their husbands like we're 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 in a we're in a place where we have these clients are our family Mm -hmm. And they're losing people left and right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's so hard because they think they're gone. Mm-hmm. But I think they're there mm-hmm. through your actions and how you perceive. It's very interesting how sometimes people can't see that. But they live in you. Mm-hmm. They never disappeared. They were always there. Mm-hmm. And I have been in the presence of it like all the time, just like that, that you, you, you spoke about it. 
Bro. Dude. To, uh, to quote Coco, you mm-hmm. can put them on the ofrenda in your mind and in your heart so that way they don't ever die. Wow. And if you've ever seen Coco, you'll get the analogy. If not, it's fine. Coco, like the, like the like cartoon? Like the Disney movie. Yeah. So the whole, reason, the whole yeah. reason the grandma's dad mm-hmm. was going to disappear, right? Hector, the guy that was helping the kid throughout the whole movie, mm-hmm. is because nobody put his picture on the ofrenda. The, the grandma was his daughter, mm-hmm. and she was the last person that would remember him. Okay, so now I'm going to have to watch this again. <laughs> I wasn't in depth. I don't think I was present for sure. Uh, bro, Coco's I was, fire. Well, I was present Coco's with the jalapenos fire. and popcorn. That's where I was present at. Okay, guys. If you guys loved that episode, make sure to share. Make sure to subscribe. This section is Coach's Best Practice. It'll be on a separate list. But guys, if you really got any value from this, make sure to maybe send us a comment. Give a little emoji high five of Rafiki to Nick just to say that you enjoyed his work. And um, I'll see you guys later. Can I, can I end it? Yeah, can you I can end, end with, it. Can I end Go it for it. Poem? Yeah. I want to end it with a poem. <laughs> and you'll probably know this. This, this, is, this poem changed my life when I heard it. Okay. And the older I get, it's crazy how much more relevance it has in my life. Okay. okay, so it goes like this. Our deepest power or our deepest fear is yes. not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Mm-hmm. Your playing it small does not serve the world. We're all meant to shine as children do. And as we are liberated from our own fear, mm-hmm. our presence automatically liberates others. That's it, guys. I want to put some theme music on behind that one. I'm just going to tell my producer that. All right, guys. I'll see you guys later, Nick. Thank you so much. Peace.